Welcome on everyone to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Wessling, and as always, I'm joined alongside my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness, as uh, today we will be recapping Iowa State's 61-55 loss in Manhattan to Kansas State, and we'll be sure to wrap things up um, with a preview for um, Iowa State's non-televised game, basically, down in Austin on Tuesday versus the Texas Longhorns. Before we do all that, uh, how are you doing tonight, Brandon? Doing pretty well. It was kind of a stinker yesterday, but women got after it and kind of boosted my positivity a little bit. That was a big win for them and double overtime, so that was a long game. Just a big week overall. Yes, it was. Two teams they usually struggle with mightily. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially considering, again, no Suarez and they still, you know, with their big really being Kane slash do, it's kind of a... Yeah, and this is the time of year where if you're hitting your stride, this is the kind of teams to watch out for in March. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we will go ahead and get started um, with the K-State game. So obviously Iowa State dropped that one by six. It was an excellent first 20 minutes of the game. Um, and that those first 20 really got erased in the first five of the second half. And where I want to start with is that stretch. I think if Iowa State can get to the first media timeout, even up four, I think it's a really just a completely different ball game. Yeah, for sure. I think you you did play a really good first half, and everything was under control. You played to your style of basketball, and like you said, it just completely went away in the first four or five minutes of the game, and or first four or five minutes of the second half. I think we called a timeout in the first two. Yeah, and it just never really got solved. So, um, you we keep kind of starting second halves out slow, and that's kind of a problem going forward. And it hasn't been solved really the whole season. So, I mean, that's definitely the biggest point of concern. But we also didn't have a starter in this game, so there's a lot going against you as well. But I think honestly, without Guerrero, we played a pretty solid game outside of a couple minutes here and there. Yeah, I agree. Um, to kind of go over some scoring real quick before we go ahead and. And continue to bring up some other stuff. Um, they were led once again by Jazz. Your statement's just biting in the butt, huh? Well, this one they didn't win, so. Yeah. Um, Jazz led the way with 15. Um, behind him, it was Gabe with 11. Nine from Taman. Um, six from Trey. Five from Jaron. Four from Shun and Burt. And one from Demarion. Um, I guess I'll quickly talk about K State. They did a fantastic job on Marquise Noel in the first half. His only points were free throws. And then he just exploded for 18 in the second. Uh, he had 20. Keontae Johnson had 15. And, of course, Ismashud had 9, because why not? Yep. Um, but outside of that, you know, if they could have contained Noel a little bit more in that second half, they easily would have won, because Iowa State did an incredible job on anyone outside of Keontae and Noel, and really it's, you know, holding this team to 61 is incredible. I mean, you saw what they did in Ames, you know, putting up 76. It was just really the inability to put up points offensively is what losses the team the game because 20 and 50, uh, 35 combined from Noel and Johnson is honestly a win. So Yeah, for sure, and I think on-ball defense was really, really good. It's just Keontae Johnson's so good off the ball finding open lanes for layups. I think most of his points were probably... Yeah, a lot of backdoor cuts. Right. You saw those a lot. I think that kind of hurts our one through one zone, which is going to happen. But And then for Noel, he just hit two or three ones from near half court, Yeah, which it is what it is. And he had one bounce, off, bounce around the rim like three or four times and just found its way down. Right. So. I'm not overly panicked about this game. 
think Lipsy definitely kind of gave away the game at the end. But, I mean, Lipsy's stat line is just crazy because he had a near triple-double in a sense. He had nine points, seven rebounds, six assists, four then, steals. Yeah. But. Six turnovers. He's. I think he had five against TCU, so it's been a rougher week for him. Yeah. Um, but, again, he, he is, at the end of the day, no matter how good he's played, he is a freshman, and he's going to run into that stuff. And it's just the end of the game. I mean, he's the only guy. He's He played 38 minutes in this game. Which is very uncharacteristic for him. <laughs> it's so You have to play him a lot of minutes just because we don't have another point guard, and I think you're kind of starting to see exhaustion a bit towards the end of the game. That's where you're seeing these lazy turnovers at the end. I don't know. It would be nice to have another point guard, but we don't at this point so that's something that's not going to change no um yeah i mean 38 is definitely a boost to his normal i think he's more around the 25 28 range just no caleb and already with a very lackluster guard depth you lose caleb and he was just kind of on the bad end in terms of i mean it's good for him i guess in a sense playing 38 but you see the high turnover game because he played as much as he did right and i think eventually like he'll get accustomed to playing at that 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 minute level just not right now I mean um, but we'll see uh, but I mean overall again I kind of agree with Brandon there's not I mean it's not too much to panic about obviously um, a couple things I will say is it doesn't really replicate on the stat line how well I thought Shun and Trey played I thought their effort was incredible the amount of tip backs Shun had and just fighting down low I thought Trey was great. I know he's in foul trouble, so that kind of limited his minutes. But I think I've mentioned this plenty of times. I think Trey deserves way more minutes than what he's getting. Um, and again, this isn't to go after Burt. I just think I think the thing with Burr is it's a true transition in terms of a five when you get to Shun. But I think Trey just offers you so much. Uh, he will probably find some situations where you know if if it was more of a you know there's no Shun and no. Bert, then obviously Trey would be the five in that sense, and there might be some times where he gives up hype, but he is maybe the most physical guy on this team. Probably is. I think he definitely is for his size. He's almost always undersized, even if he is at the four. Yeah. Depending on who you're going against, I think he's pretty much he's a lot like Keontae Johnson, actually, the way he plays, I think. Just at a different position. Yeah. And I think even, I, I mean, um, Fran brought this up a ton while he was um, when he was on the when he was broadcasting. It's Trey hadn't played a game in over six hundred days before he became eligible this year, so he's still shaking a lot of stuff up. And I think, as Fran even talked about a lot, Trey's going to be really big for this team come next year. Not to say we're immediately jumping there. I just think we're continuing to see Trey get better as he's really getting back to basketball. Yeah. Trey King and Robert Jones were the only players on Iowa State with a positive plus-minus. So, I mean, Trey King was plus 10 in 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see more of Trey. He has had a little bit of a foul trouble. Um, but, yeah, we'll see about that. Other than that, not a whole lot to say. Again, losing by six with no grill on the road, it's not a bad thing. Just kind of sucks knowing how much they dominated the, dominated the game in the first half and then just completely gave it away a great half in five minutes. And from there, they were just in trouble because they, you know, couldn't score the basketball. And I guess one thing I'll bring up, then we can go ahead and move on. Um, I think it's become glaring, glaringly obvious over these last few games. 
um, that when this team isn't able to knock down threes, if Jaron doesn't play good, they just won't win. And this kind of gets into the point where Iowa State is, I think one of the biggest things they're lacking is that go-to guy in late-game situations. Because um, I think Gabe provided that early on in Big 12 play, but he's really just hasn't had the greatest two and a half, three weeks, um, and he just hasn't been able to do that. And then I guess just the games Jaron isn't able to score, it's Iowa State's in a really bad situation. I mean, look at the TCU game. It wasn't really by far one of Iowa State's greatest games of the year. They still won by 11, and, you know, like Jazz was knocking down five threes. Iowa State was able to shoot the three ball, um, and I don't think Jaron was incredible against TCU either. I think he was fine. Um, but you just kind of saw at the end of the game, Iowa State didn't know who to go to. Jaron tried to go downhill. It just wasn't successful. Iowa State was most – I felt like most of their threes were knocked down on third or fourth chance opportunities off of tip backs. Yeah. So I, I just think trying to find a way to develop a late-game guy, whether that is Jaron when he's on or hopefully Gabe can get back to who he is. Obviously, Iowa State doesn't have Brockington anymore, so that was the guy last year. Um, so I just think in terms of when I'm looking forward to March, I th- think they just got of one of those two guys in terms of Gabe or Jaron really just needs to solidify themselves on a consistent basis, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you've seen it a little bit with Gabe. He can hit that long, too, similar yeah. to Brockington. And that's kind of a shot that you can always get, and you don't have to rely on officiating, with you, which you do with a drive from Jaron. Yeah. So there's that. I also don't want to see us shoot 27 threes. It go five of twenty seven on top of that. Yeah. Twenty seven threes with a, Gabe was three of twelve. Jazz was two of seven. Without arguably your best shooter, that's not a great game plan to win. Yeah, no. And it's that, and then a lot of missed bunnies, and still can't make a front end of a one on one to save our life. So yeah, it was arguably it was relatively not a terrible day at the line. Twelve of seventeen for Iowa State. That's not bad, but again, 12, twenty. Yeah, it's the front ends is what's the problem. Um, but yeah, I mean overall, it's nothing to be too frustrated about um i would say the only thing that is a little irritating is uh, here here's one thing i'll say again me and brandon i feel like we're going to continue to try and hit on this just because of how i think at least just seeing how the fan base has been reacting on twitter um again go back to what you thought about this team before it started it was bubble for a lot of people if that yeah and so this team over has over exceeded expectations. It was never a thing about oh Iowa State's gonna win the Big Twelve. It, it I mean it was fun being at the top, right? But it it just wasn't gonna happen. That's nothing against these guys. But what you should you what you should really be taking away from this is TJ does not have talent wise like. There's a not top, a, okay, so I, I mean, Iowa State got placed as the number 11 team in terms of the initial rankings for by the selection committee. Iowa State does not have a top 11 talent roster. TJ is getting everything out of these guys, and the big thing is this talent will start to come in eventually. So that that's what you should be proud of, or what you should be, what you should be taking away is TJ is taking a roster that isn't as talented as a lot of these teams in the Big 12 and competing with the best. Being a game without a, a game out of first. There's not a single guy on this team that was a top 100 recruit out of high school. We probably have one of the worst rosters in the Big 12 and you're still in 5th place and 
more than likely going to be a four seed in the NCAA tournament with yeah. a decent yeah. shot to make a Sweet 16. Yeah, so I, I just think that's the big thing is TJ's getting everything out of these guys. They've overexceeded expectations. But the point that I was saying, even though that is true, I can understand it is frustrating seeing some of these road games slip away. Oklahoma State, Tech, K-State, all three games K State's a little bit different. The other two probably should have won, but it's hard to win on the road in this conference. Not yeah. many teams do it. No, no, yeah. And again, that's I mean, Iowa State is seventeen and nine. Would have been eighteen and nine. Not that it really makes a huge difference that the Omaha game is canceled, but eight and six in conference play with four to go. Um, so we'll go ahead and get to that. I think before we hop in the Texas game, just to kind of give you a look at standings, Kansas and Texas are now tied at the top at ten and four. Um, Baylor is now a game back as they lost to Kansas. They are 9-5 and five at third place. Um, us and K-State are tied for fourth at 8-6. and six. TCU and Oklahoma State tied for uh, six at 7-7. Seven seven. Tech and West Virginia tied at, what is that, eighth place at 4-10. and ten, And Oklahoma at the bottom at 3-11. and 11. Um, so the quick thing I will bring up, if you're someone like me who can't go to Kansas City until Thursday and you're just hoping about finishing the top six, all Iowa State needs to do is get wins over West Virginia and Oklahoma and then hope that either one of these two scenarios happen. TCU loses one game or Oklahoma State loses two. I can guarantee you one of those will happen. Um, if you want... And then for Iowa State, I think they're probably fifth or sixth. I think K-State, outside of one game, I can't remember their entire schedule, but we looked at it earlier, wasn't relatively that difficult. Um, So they're probably going to finish fourth, so Iowa State's probably looking at fifth or sixth. Again, Iowa State wins their two home games. Um, And then if TCU loses one and Okie State loses two, Iowa State finishes fifth. If just one of those scenarios happen, Iowa State finishes sixth. And you're playing on day two. Um, obviously, the big thing is you do want to aim for fifth as uh, the difference is Kansas State or probably Baylor opening round in Kansas City. So, And that's a big difference there. I think huge. Baylor is really just hitting its stride. It had a rough second half against Kansas, but yeah. a lot of teams do in the fog. It's just how it is, and I don't know. There's not many teams I want to play more that are in the top six of this league than Kansas State right now. Yeah. I, I think they're kind of in a similar position to us where they're just kind of – they got scouted, and now they're kind of on a bit of a losing streak, but they're definitely not on a bad team. Yeah, I mean, I think even when you talk about what Jerome Tang has done, um, he certainly, I think, doesn't have an extremely talented roster either. They have two guys. Yeah. And so the Iowa State and Kansas State are very similar in terms of what they're doing with their squads. Uh, but, yeah, the last thing before we go ahead and – get to this Texas game for those who do care about rankings just speculating Iowa State maybe moves up a spot or two um, with the win over TCU but not that that really matters to either of us Um, but for those who do care that's where I would project Iowa State to go Um, but we'll go ahead and get to the preview for Texas obviously Iowa State will travel to Austin Tuesday night um, for the nationally televised Longhorn Network (laughs) Uh, no, I'm definitely, I think I speak for everyone when pretty frustrated that I'm not going to be able to watch this game. Even though I think this is going to be a brutal game for Iowa State, I still would enjoy watching this. Um, even because I think there's an off chance Iowa State wears black, and I'd be really frustrated if we don't get to see the blacks. <laughs> yeah, this will probably be the last time we're on Longhorn Network, so enjoy it, I guess. Unless we somehow get scheduled to go there next year. 
which yeah, is, we'll is a le- relatively lower chance, but still. Yeah, next year is going to be weird. You're only going to play four teams twice. twice. Yeah. So I very much doubt Texas is one of them we get. Um, but this game is it's interesting because Texas is – we're sandwiched right in between Red River rivalry with Oklahoma, and then they play Baylor next. So it's kind of a trap game in theirs sentence, I guess. Yeah. And we're just fighting for any win we can get right now. I think we've lost four or five, probably. It sounds it's been a while. Right. So. I think even since, I think after beating Kansas, let's see. Well, if you want to, uh, okay, I will just say after beating Kansas, lost to Tech, then. Who did we play that weekend? Oklahoma State loss. West Virginia loss. TCU win. And then. Yeah, so four or five. Yeah, you're right. Four or five, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, but to get to Brandon's spot, it just Iowa State's just kind of calling to get something. I think they are in a great scenario where they're lined up to get two before they head to Baylor, which is going to be good for this team. Um, but, yeah, this game, I think, I don't know. I just don't feel great about it. No. I hope Krill doesn't play either. Maybe that guy's going to get murdered if he does. Exactly. Um, no, I, I I think the big things for this, and not to go extremely in-depth, you know who this team is. It runs through Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen. Um, it, it's they're, I mean, Iowa State, the game at home was one it was in Hilton and second it was the first time Tyrese played Iowa State and came to Ames so I there was just a lot of emotion in that game I think it was pretty much a circled Iowa State was going to win that game no matter what they were just going to find a way um now I don't really think there's I don't really now that we got the one game out of the way with Tyrese I'm not really bothered by it I know Brandon Foyne wasn't really bothered by it to begin with so I think that's kind of past everyone, so it's just kind of, well, Gabe's going to hate Marcus Carr, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and it'll be a tough game. They just have so many guys that can score on you. We're going to have to score at least 70 to win this game, I think. They just play such a high-tempo style and offensive style that's not going to match up well with us. Yeah, I just think the big question, again, is if Grill's playing, I think we're both on the same page. No need to play him. Um I mean, like, yes, every game matters. It's just I'm more, I care more about the more winnable games in Oklahoma and West Virginia. I'd rather have him ready to go. And then I'd even consider not playing him in Waco. It just, it, it's a weird situation what TJ and company want to do with this because, you know, Caleb doesn't really want to sit. But at the same time, he's his body isn't allowing him to do some of the stuff he's normally doing. So it's just, I think right now, the staff and Caleb just need to figure out the best plan of attack to make sure he's good to go for March. Yeah, for sure. I think you look at this game in Austin, probably not going to win that, and it's not going to hurt you if you lose it. No, so it's just not a, there's no reason to put him out there. And then Big 12 tournament and Baylor, that's, if you bench him for both of those games, you get two weeks off. Yeah, and I will I will say just the counter argument to Kansas City, whereas I do think I I'm I'm kind of in for benching him against Baylor and in Kansas City. Uh, the one thing I can see in terms of 
why potentially at least play him in Kansas City is just a, you know, maybe the two weeks off, he's just really rusty. That's the only counter, Mm -hmm. and it's a fair argument. Um, I'd rather not have him rusty. Um, So, again, it's just a really weird situation. Both Caleb and the team are just in a really crappy spot. Um, because again, as we've mentioned, there's no night offs unless he seriously just sits on the bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall, probably me and Brandon both not expecting a win here on Tuesday. Um, we'll do our best to react to it. Um, don't exactly, won't exactly know. We can look at a box score. Yeah. Listen Uh, to John. That's about it. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, um, I think the big thing, as I we've kind of talked about earlier, is just really honing in on this upcoming Saturday and the following Monday. You win both of those, you're going to be probably getting fifth in the Big 12 and fourth in March. And as we've been saying, even for the last few weeks, just with this conference, it's all about looking forward to um, what's to come here in a few weeks. So. Yep, and let's not freak out when we lose on Tuesday because it really doesn't matter. No, <laughs> and re- relatively for that matter, if they lose, when they lose probably at Baylor, and if they lose opening round in Kansas City, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, calm down, everyone. We're, we're, sky isn't falling. You're going to be all right. <laughs> if we lose two games at home, you can panic. Yeah, if if you lose – yeah, that that's a fair argument. That That's a little bit different situation, but – Traveling to two top ten teams and playing a top fifteen on a neutral floor, yeah. nothing to be really mad about. But uh, I think that's all we got here tonight. Obviously, like I said, we'll be back here. Um, you guys will hear us on Wednesday as we react um, to Iowa State's game versus Texas again. We'll do our best to give you a quality reaction to that. Um, but yeah, you guys. Um, any la- well, any last words from you, Brandon, before I go ahead and shut it off? If anybody has access to Longhorn Network, let me know. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Look for next weekend, mostly. Next two games at home are really what's going to decide between a four and a five seed in March. And I guess Kansas City-wise, I don't know. Stay above that seven, and then you're fine. Yep, I agree. Um, with that, you guys, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And until next time... Uh, Roll clones, baby.